Hi, everybody. This is Sarah Westcott. And this is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Red. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. And I wanted to tell you that I went back and I listened to the beginning of like the first couple episodes and then we definitely flipped who said what. We did? No, yeah. we didn't. You're lying. Nope. You lie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to go back and listen to you. But like, it's one of those things where, uh, I don't know. I don't think I need to re-listen no, to our own no, podcast. No, no, I just but... went back to just... I, to check and see just to see what it sounded like if you were just to like start and just yeah. to see i mean it's been a year and a half almost yeah so i just wanted to see what it sounded like when we first were doing it i know it's kind of we crazy. sounded so optimistic we really did <laughs> we really did now we sound a little downtrodden <laughs> but you know you know what we're still enjoying doing it and whatever and um i mean until we're not yeah you know what i mean exactly so, like we if it comes burdensome then we're done yes exactly we have the power to do whatever we want to do yeah and yeah. So, on the way over here, Adam asked me, he's like, so when are you going to start making money? And I was like, ah, probably never, probably never. But you know what? We're having a blast. So. <laughs> you, never, you never know. It's a possibility. The possibility is out there. It is only a year in like podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts are so like fickle. I mean, it's really like mm-hmm. there's literally you can search any freaking topic and you're going to find a podcast. At on least it. one, two, four, ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so it's just a really like crazy fluke on the people who actually get heard and listened to and brought up the charts and then somebody big catches on and brings them to their network yeah. and that kind of thing. Karen and Georgia. <clears throat> <laughs> I like, I still, I'm still someday. I'm honestly catching up on their podcast. Like I kind of am in a lull with all my other podcasts. They're like on breaks or something yeah. or not like there's no TV shows that I like are, I'm following or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to a bunch of Karen and Georgia, and I've just kind of gone back, 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 whatever. I'm on like, I want to say I'm probably still like, I don't know, 20 behind or whatever, but yeah. I think I'm in January for theirs. I believe I am as well. I believe I am as well. I can't remember the last one I listened to, but I recently listened to the Houdini one. Did you listen to that one? I did listen to the Houdini one. That wasn't that long. Yeah. But it was cool to listen to. I feel like I heard somebody, did Case File do Houdini? (sighs) No. I don't so think maybe so. Criminal did. Maybe Criminal did Houdini. Okay. But um, I thought it was really cool because I was listening and they and they name dropped Albany and Schenectady yep. in that episode. Yeah. So look at my God, that's so cool. I know that place. <laughs> uh, I grew up there. Um, so that was neat. So yeah, I'm, I'm listening to that stuff. Um, I haven't really been reading much, but you just went on vacation. So did you read like anything on vacation? Well, it was Disney vacation, so no. Because <laughs> you were too busy doing. Although okay. I did travel by myself, so I yes. did read all the way down, and then I read most of the way back, and yeah. then it was all just hello beautiful. Um, but I also sat in the cocktail bar for a little while yeah. and had a couple drinks and yeah. had a couple drinks. So I was kind of tipsy a little bit yeah but yeah. it was fun did you have a drink on the plane too or no yeah yeah <laughs> i don't like drinking on the plane because i'm afraid i'm gonna have to get up and pee and i don't like to move around i agree with that so on the way there it was just me and i had specifically paid for the early yep. check-in whatever yep. so i could be early in yeah. the numbers i didn't pay for the business class because i wasn't gonna pay a hundred and something yeah bucks. no I'm that's not... ridiculous no nope. yeah. but i paid the 25 and i was I don't know, somewhere in the A boarding group or whatever. And I had said to Luke, I'm like, the first empty seat I see that's either on the aisle or the window, I'm going to ask if I can sit there. And I walk on the plane and in the front row on the left is this older couple and the window seat is open. I was like, can I sit there? And they're like, absolutely. Come on in. And I was like, yes. So I had like the extra front row leg space. I can put my legs straight out up on the wall. 
Um, the only thing that's weird about it is that you don't have a place to put your bag. So, like, my bag I put in the overhead. Oh, okay. But then I realized I didn't have my glasses. I didn't have my cell phone. I didn't have my credit card, which oh. I always have a drink. But I was like, you know what? I'm right here. If I have to pee, it's right, right there. fucking there. And yeah. it's probably the first time I've peed on the plane, and I can't tell you how long. I, um, this is too much information, but I, the first time I got on a plane, I, I did number two on the plane because I was so nervous. Yeah. I did. I, like, I was a very nervous flyer. I'm still a nervous flyer. I'm a little better, but like, you know, because I've done it so frequently now, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like whatever. But I was 22 years old, had never been on a plane before. And I was like, I, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm so scared. So, yeah. And John will never let me live that down. No, never. probably never. It's the first and only time I've ever done that, though. Okay. Never again. But I have had to pee on the plane, it, but it, it it freaks me out. I don't like getting up. I don't like, because you, you see these movies where like a turbulence comes and somebody like hits the ceiling yeah. and I'm like, what if it's me? <laughs> I just, I, it's literally like you are the only person looking and if you're in the aisle, then you, you're not inconveniencing the other people that yeah. you're sitting with. If you're on the window, which yes. I prefer to be, you're inconveniencing yes. everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. I yeah. get it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Plus it's a fucking small ass bathroom and not that I need mm-hmm. a lot of room, but like <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really annoying. It's really annoying. Um, so how was vacay? Like, I mean, it was ca- good. It was quick. Yeah, it was quick. It yeah. was quick. Can we? Can I just ask, like, how many times in the a year and a half that we've done this podcast have you gone to Disney? Uh that's probably the third time. I was gonna say. I think it's like three. But times. in March when we went last year, it was just for. Actually, no. I think it's only the second time. Oh, really? We've been doing it, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, we go, like, once or twice a year, but I think March we went to be with uh, Mark and Jess and Alex oh, for, right, like, a right, day right. or two in Disney, yeah. and then this past year when we went on our cruise, we didn't go to Disney, okay. but the year before when we had done the cruise, or two years before, we had done a day at Epcot. Um, yeah, You're a Disney a, family. Like, yeah, Do you think you'll ever stop going to Disney? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like, real close to being like, all right, we're we're done with this. Yeah. Like you ride the same rides and yeah. you ride and it's kind of yeah. like, all right. But the whole point of this trip was because Eric was finally big enough to ride all the sure. rides. Yeah. He hated most of them. Ah, and he wasn't big enough for Tron. He was a quarter of an inch too short. Oh, and everybody's like, you should just stuff his shoes. And I was like, eh. I know. because They have those things for a reason. They do have them for a reason. And the Tron is, you are basically like, you're on a bike laying forward yeah and it's like just a back thing and like a leg thing and then you holding on to the handles mm-hmm. and it kind of just goes up and like over this big open space and i'm like i'm okay with eric not riding it yeah because he's small like yeah. not only is he too short but he's like a small kid yeah so I, i'm all right with it yeah i do have to get back like every time we've gone down when we go we go we do universal instead yeah so like we haven't been to disney it's been probably like eight years and i'd like to at some point go back and bring the kids as they're older now i will say in epcot the guardians of the galaxy ride is probably the best ride i've been on in a lot of Ooh, a lot of years that, that's definitely new that sent from it is it's only been there. open for like the last six months i think Sweet. okay awesome I would pay for that. I would stand in line for that. Okay. I would pay for it over okay. and over again. Okay, okay cool. It's fan- I don't. I'm not going to tell you what it's like, but it's uh, amazing. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah. I know that we're both looking at these beautiful drinks, so why don't we jump to our prologue so we can get started? What do you okay. think? Okay. All right. So we don't even want to mention our book club book. What is the book club book? Oh. What book club book? What are you talking about? The book club book that we were reading for book club? Um, I don't know if I should. We should. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet. So okay. I'm not like, have I finished it? No, no. 
I'm, I have not. Okay, like, then we won't of, talk about it. Yeah, we it's can one talk of those about ones after that, book club. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones that I'm just not like it's not keeping my interest, and I'm like, oh god, it's like a slog. So yeah, I actually I'm gonna have to finish that today and tomorrow because book club is on Monday this this time around. So. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Patty, but <laughs> not 100% positive on making it to book club. Oh, no. No, there's soccer pictures and a baseball game and soccer practice. Oh, shoot. So we'll see. Well, we we'll see how it, it shakes out. We could move it back to Tuesday if everybody agreed to, because I, I thought that Aiden had like an invitational and I, why do you have something on Tuesday? No, Tuesday is totally open. Oh, Okay. I'm going to mention it in the group just to see what okay. everybody's thoughts okay. are. Yeah, sounds but. good. Because it was my fault that it was going to be on the Monday. I thought Aiden had an, uh, a track invitational, and he does not. I like, thought Steph had something going on, too. I don't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll, we'll mention it. We'll mention okay. it. But, um, all right, let's go to the prologue. Okay. The prologue. Um, okay, so, Katie, we read Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. Uh, this book was literally just came out, like just came out. It was uh, published on March 14th, 2023. This is, this is going to be our breakthrough. (laughs) God, I hope so. Um, but this is Oprah's 100th book book club pick. Uh, So I thought that was kind of cool. So last night I was watching again, I watched a, like a CBS morning show, um, thing where with Oprah and Gail and, um, they had Ann Napolitano on it. So I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of cute. So Oprah, I didn't realize this, but Oprah physically calls you if she picks your book. So she called Ann Napolitano and I thought this was a really funny story. She was taking out her trash when she got the (laughs) phone call from Oprah and Oprah was like, hi, this is Oprah. And she's like, like Oprah, Oprah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no. to be, I like, I've be been like, reading who your the fuck book. Is this that's fucking with me? Who is fucking with me? Yeah. yeah. But she said, I saw the number come across and it said Chicago. And then she said Oprah. And it was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. Anyway. Um, so she got the idea for this book because her best friend growing up had a mother who had like six sisters and she loved being a part of that, like all these like sisters and women and whatever. Um, so I thought that that was kind of a neat little story. Um, and she got the title because her uncle used to send her postcards that would um, start with Hello Beautiful, oh, beautiful. Um, which was kind of funny, she said, because her uncle never really actually got to see her very often. So it was very much just like a inside beauty type thing from him. So I thought that was really, really sweet. And um, those are my fast facts. So why don't you give us the reader rundown? You got it. William Waters grew up in a house silenced by tragedy where his parents could hardly bear to look at him, much less love him. So when he meets the spirited and ambitious, ambitious Julie Padovano in his freshman year of college, it's as if the world... Was lit, has lit up around him. With Julia comes her family, as she and her three sisters are inseparable. Sylvie, the family's dreamer, is the happiest with her nose in a book. Cecilia is a free-spirited artist, and Emmeline patiently takes care of them all. With the Padovanos, William experiences a newfound contentment. Every moment in their house is filled with loving chaos. But then darkness from William's past surfaces, jeopardizing not only Julia's carefully orchestrated plans for their future, but the sisters' unshakable devotion to one another. The result is a catastrophic family rift that changes their lives for generations. Will the loyalty that once rooted them be strong enough to draw them back together when it matters most? An exquisite homage to homage, 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 either one, I think. Homage (laughs) to Louisa May Alcott's timeless classic, Little Little Women. Hello Beautiful is a profoundly moving portrait of what is possible when we choose to love someone not in spite of who they are, but because of it. That was beautiful. (laughs) 
It was beautiful. Hello. Um, let's Get take it. a sip hello. of our hello, hello. beautiful. Yeah, let's take a sip of our drink because I'm freaking excited. So this is uh, I googled hello beautiful and that didn't work. And then there was a beautiful cocktail, but it was literally just like cognac, and I was like, mm, nope, not gonna drink that on a Saturday morning. Nope, just not happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a so little. So instead, we're gonna so drink we're vodka. Gonna- <laughs> So then I switched to Googling Little Women, and this was one of the first ones I found, and it's an apple pie teeny. So it's got vanilla vodka, apples, fancy apple cider, we'll call it that, um, cinnamon sticks, ginger mm. ale. And ginger ale, yes. And that's we it, right? A little bit of ginger ale. I think that was it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. All right. So cheers. cheers. Let's try it. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. That's delightful. Oh, yeah. That is really delightful. Like, it's so perfect with, like, the ice has melted just a little bit, so it kind of, I think it's taken the edge off a yep. little bit. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's a teeny, so it should be without ice, but the oh. recipe definitely said make it with ice. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't really like most, but yes, teenies, obviously you drink them yeah. without a drink, or ice, rather. Drink them without a drink, drink them without ice. But yeah, no, this, I think it's, I think the ice is very well. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm. Shall we go to the story? We shall go to the story. Let's do it. The story. Um, you want to ask so me first? So you picked this book. I did. So what did you think? Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed this book. Um, I thought that uh, it was beautiful. Um, heartwarming and and very sad all at the same time. But um, I really I I, I kind of flew through it. Like I, I flew through it. Um, my coworker came by me, my desk one day and she was like, have you read this yet? And, you know, I'm, I'm like, no, but, you know, tell me what it's about and I will. And she said, well, I've heard that it's a, like, a, it's a thing to, you know, it's kind of like a, a retelling of Little Women. I'm not really getting it, blah, blah, blah. But um, we can talk about later, what, like, the... The comparisons. Yeah, the comparisons and stuff. But what did you think of it? I liked it. I didn't absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if I had a sister... I probably would have liked it much more. Okay. Um, I also felt it was really wordy. Like it's very wordy. A lot of word. Like not that there was too many words, but like it was only three hundred and seventy pages, and I felt like I was taking forever to get through it. Okay. Um. Granted, I was drinking on the plane when I was reading it. And that um, could make things di- difficult and tougher. Like, you might have to go back and reread something yeah. because, yeah. yeah. I will say that the old woman that I sat next to, and I say old, she's really not that old. She's probably late middle age. I hope she's not listening right now. I'm she's not. This is your voice. There's no way in hell she is. She was, like, put off by me. I mentioned the podcast and she was kind of like, oh, and then kept going. But she said <sighs> that she so had funny. just finished, actually, her husband said, didn't you just finish reading that? And she was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, did you like it? And she's like, yeah, it was good. And then, like, turned away from me, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to try to talk anymore. You know what? Those are my favorite kind of uh, people to Yeah, I don't need to interact with you. Mm -mm. I don't don't ever want to talk to anybody on the plane, so fuck that. So I was that person that was trying to talk to her. Eventually, when we landed, I was telling her about the podcast, and she's like, what's it called? And I was telling her, and she actually, like, put it into her iPad to look it up. Wow, okay. She was um, on the board for Emma Willard, and that's what she was coming back from. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that is really cool. So it all, like, tied together. Yeah, interesting. Um, I am glad I read it. I am proud to say that it took me until page uh, 364 to finally cry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly what page 364 was, but we'll, ha- we'll, we'll, get, we'll there. get there. We'll get there. But um, I, there were definitely some parts when I would tear up and whatever, but I agree it, towards the end was when it was really like, 
Yeah. Oh, the waterworks are coming. The waterworks are coming, but of course we'll get there. Um, okay. So we should we just get started and, yeah. and go through our shit? I like immediately flagged something on page eight. Um, so let's just talk about William Waters briefly. Like he, this, this poor fucking guy had the shittiest goddamn childhood. And it wasn't anything he had anything, anything to do with. Anything he did. So, um, you find out early on this, this little boy, I think, I, I think he was still an infant. He was an infant when his sister died. I can't yeah. remember what she died of. Do you remember? Was it I can't. a fever or something like that? She, I, it was a sickness. Yes. I remember that because then they were terrified that he was going to be sick. And yes. she, he had to like muffle his coughs. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it was probably something like shit, like pneumonia or something in all honesty. But so she died. I think she was about three when she died. She's oh, this, Caroline developed a fever and a cough while William there and his mother go. were in the hospital after his birth. There you go. Yeah. So he was a newborn baby. And they come home, and so they've had a child, and then their their original child passes away, and she was like three, um, and they the parents never ever ever got over it, and William always felt like this kind of it's almost like William was a ghost in his house. Yes, she wasn't the ghost; he was the ghost. Yes, she was like this. She loomed large. There was a picture of her, you know, um, that everybody everybody just kind of gravitated towards and whatever. So William kind of was a loner. He was, you know, he was a loner kind of kid and he grew really quickly and he became obsessed with basketball Mm -hmm. and he um, ended up going to college for basketball and like doing all these other things with basketball. But before we get there, um, there was, let's see. So going back to that stuff, um, as William is leaving for college, it says, William kissed his mother goodbye at the train station and shook his father's hand with his palm pressed against his father's. William had the strange thought that he might never see his parents again, that they'd only ever had one child and it wasn't him. That is the last time he sees his that parents. That is the last time he sees his parents. Yes. And that is devastating. I mean, because yeah. we do find out that they've passed away, right? Like, he's yeah. never seen them. At the end of the book, they're, 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 they've been gone they've, for a little yeah. bit. Um, it's just like, I, I don't understand how a parent how you can have a child and I get it. Like that is a devastating thing to go through, but you still have another child to raise and, and nurture like what? And turn into a human. Yes. Yes. Like William became a good person in spite of all of that shit. Like I can't even fathom what that must've been like as a child. I really can't. No. Horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Um, so William, you know, it, if you have you ever seen the movie Little Women, one of them, nope. ever any of them. So my, the only Little Woman movie I've seen is the one with Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is Joe. Christian Bale is Laurie. Um, I can't remember who all the other people. Claire Danes is Beth, and Beth dies. Beth is the sister that dies. Um, I can't remember who played Amy. Oh, it's gonna have to come back to me at some point. But um. William, I think William was a really sweet Lori. Like every in Little Women, all of the sisters are basically in love with Lori because he's just this this boy. He's, he's the yeah. boy that comes he's around. The male. Yes, yeah. and come on, he's Christian Bale. He's fucking gorgeous, <laughs> <laughs> especially back then. But like, I just thought it, it was kind of funny because William as Lori, you don't really get the same sense. Like Lori was a very like confident, you know, like whatever. And William is totally William like is the opposite. He's the complete opposite. Yeah. So I kind of liked that little flip. T- like flip on it. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, that's that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a section um, 
I, I so I flagged something and going over my notes this morning, I, I was like, why did I fold this page down? And then I went back and I realized I folded it down not to really discuss with you, but to read to Adam mm-hmm. because it was specific about um, how he learned to go play basketball. And I don't apparently I have unfolded. And, oh no! It doesn't it's very early on because, yeah. but he basically his one coach is telling him like this guy Bill Waters. Yes. I think it's Waters. Yeah, Bradley it's, Waters. I'm making uh, that up. Yeah, whatever. I don't remember. Russell is Bill. Sure, Walton. Who knows? A Bill. Some guy on the nose had taped cardboard underneath his glasses so that when he was dribbling, yes. he couldn't see the ball and yes. he got a better feel for the ball. And I said to Adam, I'm like. You should try this. Yeah. You specifically should try this. This It works for this guy in the Knicks. They talked about it to this guy in the book. The guy in the book yep. did it, had a, was successful with it, which, yeah. I mean, you know, fictional character can be successful with whatever you fucking want him right, to be. Exactly. But right, exactly. Give it a exactly. shot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. It's so funny because, you know, just going back to William for a second, like, I mean, the guy turns out to be like a six seven freaking lanky, lanky dude. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, you would, and as soon as someone sees a six seven person, they're like, do you play basketball? Yeah. Like, ooh, I can't you think of anything basketball. else to say. Exactly. Because they're just like, wow, you're really tall. You How's just... the air up there? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just reach up and touch the rim? You don't have to move. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so it, it was kind of like, you know, predestined. It was it was cute that it was something that he was already in love with. Yes. And then and he just got really good at it. Yeah, yeah. And he was trying to, like, even, like, create a book about, like, the history of basketball. Um, he enjoyed he liked history uh, and he liked basketball. So he was like, let me try to put those two things together. Um, we'll talk about more about the book when we get like into like his yeah. being in person or whatever. But um, yeah. I think I think that that wasn't even um his decision to make the book though wasn't that a julia suggestion no uh maybe you're maybe you're right i I feel like she was like oh take your thesis and pick a major that's going to be good for what you like and you like pick this era and then write a book and the book can be your thesis right yeah you might be right um can we pause for one second yeah um so i want to talk about i want i want to get in because there's so much like of this book revolves around the sisters and William in general. So I want to get to the point where, you know, he's meeting Julia and everything. Um, how, how did you feel about Julia? I hated her. So did I. I, could I hated not her stand from the her. beginning. Yeah. Couldn't stand her. She was too overbearing, just trying to mold him into something he doesn't want to be. Exactly. And the fact that she, you know, she almost took pride in the fact that he asked her the questions because he couldn't figure it out on her own, Mm -hmm. on his own. And like, I I think she very much enjoyed dictating to him how his life should go. And that's what she saw her future to be, which I found it very ironic that as soon as she had a baby and she was now focused on the baby, she could no longer do all of that for yeah. him. Well, and... because then she had something else to focus her, all her... Right, to making and becoming yes. and putting in the life path yes. that she expected it to be. And I don't... I didn't I didn't like her. I didn't like her from the beginning. I didn't either. I mean, it was... When you first meet her, you're like, oh, this is kind of cute because, you know, it's like, oh, it's a meet cute. They're going to they're going to date. He's never had a girlfriend before. This is sweet. and she's going to help come out of his shell. Yes, but his but shell then, doesn't need to come out. He didn't. Right. And then he ends up being with her for all through college. And she has planned, OK, we're getting married. Yep. Oh, we're no, my sister. Married. My sister had a baby, but it wasn't supposed to be her first. It was supposed to be me first. So yes. let's hurry up and have a baby. Yes. Uh, and I don't even remember if he knew that she was pregnant when she came home and she was like, let's have a baby. We're going to have a baby. And they'd been married for like all of an hour. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was I I didn't like her. I didn't like her. It was 
it was difficult. And then it's as the book goes on, you're just like, wow, this fucking person really decided to like totally fuck everybody off and just like for 25 plus years. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do me. You have fun doing you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tear myself away from this family that I'm so interwoven into. Obviously, I get it. I get it. I and mean, we'll mm-hmm. get there. But like, it just didn't seem like it didn't seem like the right choice to make. And people make mistakes. I understand that. But after 25 years. Yeah. And you have a You're daughter. You're keep blinders on to they the have, outside. Yes. Yes. Speaking of the blinders. Yeah. Like, she literally had blinders on all the time. Yeah. She had an entire family that she didn't allow her daughter to even be a part of. And then a tragedy happens. Whose name was Alice? It was Alice. <laughs> yes. And you know, like, well, I guess you don't know. She wasn't like the bookish one. Sylvie was the bookish one. Yeah. So, but um, it was it was funny to me that they, so they mentioned Little Women a lot in the book. And, you know, Sylvie and Julia would always fight over who was Joe and, and who, who was who was well they didn't really no. they both yeah, yeah. wanted to be joe it would have made sense for sylvie to be joe because joe was very bookish um julia i guess i would have picked as amy um but not really cecilia no cecilia would probably be amy amelia would be meg meg was a very like matronly like motherly take care of everybody yes, take yep. care of everybody um cecilia and amy were very arty like you know whatever and i guess beth doesn't really have like she's just a she, kind she has she has a destiny she doesn't yes. have an actual personality yes. yes exactly exactly she's always sickly and you know so um then beth dies and spoiler alert <laughs> we find out later on that who's beth <laughs> yeah sylvia is beth unfortunately yeah. and i was really hoping it would be julia anyway um so i'm just gonna kind of read something that i liked <sighs> i think a lot of this story revolves around the girls and their relationship with their father. Their father was sort of the glue that kept them together. And he sort of, he sort of had this image of who they all were. And um, I think once they lost him, that kind of like, just like, like shot out of their head a little bit. You know what I mean? He was a confusing character to me because I felt like the, he was explained as kind of being this drunk that's not yes. home all the time yes. and is just kind of like But we were there, seeing that but then Also, he's the person that is pulling all the sisters yes. and, and, you know, the story about, which, I don't even remember which girl was in the tree. Emmeline was in the tree and she yes. wouldn't come down. She wouldn't come down and then yeah. her father showed up. He didn't even say any words and she jumped out of the tree for him. Yeah, it was like, she's, they said it was like a tractor beam. Yeah. Like he pulled them into yeah. the tractor beam or whatever. And I think it was, I think the reason for that being was because Rose, the mom, was so overbearing. She's, she's Julia. Oh, like she is the Catholic mom. Yes. Here's your saint you get to carry around. Yes, exactly. She was scary and Julia got a lot of her traits from, from her. Mm-hmm. Sylvie got a lot of her traits from Charlie. Yeah the dad um so i wanted to read this really quickly so cecilia is one of the younger sisters she's a twin with uh, em- emmeline is that emmeline. Her name? emmeline and um she gets pregnant she's 19 17. 17 she's 17 when she gets pregnant and her mom just fucking cuts her ass off but the dad goes kicks to her visit, out kicks her out fucking don't want to have anything to he do with this he didn't whatever go to visit her Yes, he does. He goes Not to visit the baby. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is where I'm at. So are you on page uh, I'm on 66? Page 66, Because yes. that's the first... Go ahead. Okay, okay. So I'm going to read this little section right here. Um, okay. 
Later that night, after Julia and her sisters left the hospital, Charlie visited. Mrs. Uh, Chechion must have told him the news. When he appeared in the doorway of Cecilia's room, he didn't mention the prior five months or Rose's anger or the fact that he had never walked the 24 steps from his house to Mrs. Chechion's to visit his shunned daughter. Charlie just looked at Cecilia and the baby for a long moment. Then he smiled with so much warmth it was as if the sun had risen inside him. Hello, beautiful, he said. And with those words, Cecilia knew that she was forgiven and she forgave him too. He kissed Cecilia's cheek and sat in the chair next to her bed with the baby in his arms. Izzy stared up at her grandfather, her dark eyes serious and bright. Charlie gazed down at her and said, she's hardly heard any language yet. Shall we start her off with an incantation with some magic? Yes, please, Cecilia said. He cradled the baby to him and whispered in her tiny, into her tiny ear, for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. He pressed kisses into her soft cheek. He appeared to be sober, and he gave his granddaughter all of his love. Cecilia said to her sisters later, oh, I'm sorry, that was a bad, <laughs> Cecilia said to her sisters later. Then he stood up and carefully handed Izzy back to Cecilia. He kissed his daughter again. Thank you, sweetheart, he said. Charlie made it halfway down the hospital hallway before collapsing to the floor. A nurse around the corner heard and recognized the sound of a human body in surrender. She reached him in less than a minute, but his heart had already stopped. None of the machines or experts in the hospital were able to bring him back. Um, I think that was the first time I cried. So, like, during A, because of the Hello Beautiful and, like, how, how wonderful it must have felt for Cecilia to, like at least have one of her parents meet accept her accept and, her yeah. and and meet her her child um and it must have been like i i don't know I, I think like i think like charlie dying in that moment was kind of beautiful in a way because it's like he saw something so amazing and he forgave his daughter his daughter forgave him in that moment he met his granddaughter and then and then he passes away like probably painlessly you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um it was horrifyingly sad and it totally like shakes every person to its core because rose then blames cecilia and izzy on on it the baby, and, yeah. yes um and uh that's kind of when the real cracks after charlie passes away that's when the real cracks start showing yes um especially for William in this moment because I think he he never had a father to look up to and I think that having Charlie show him kind of how to be a man and like be be around these women and care for them not having that anymore after only a couple years of knowing him was probably something that led to the decisions that he made he did mention multiple times throughout the book that he remembered the way charlie looked at him on his wedding day and he remembered when he first met charlie and all of these his relationship with charlie um and it to be honest they they are a very strong group of women Mm -hmm. all together they all have their own dynamic personalities and to be a male in that and have like (laughs) you know somebody to buddy up with yeah. probably was extremely helpful. Yeah, and I'm sure I, it was. I, I, I'm not going to say that Charlie passing led to William's demise, but who knows? Maybe. I think it, I, I don't think it helped. I think if he had had Charlie around, he probably could have had somebody to yeah. talk to a little bit more. But, um, I mean, I don't remember how far, like, how far I got another quote to, to read um, about Charlie. Like, that was... part with sylvie but um i did like so that's the first glimpse of the one of the main themes of the book that i the parts of the books that i actually really did like um it's terribly sad that i say that but i loved it, it it was a recurring theme where somebody is either born or becomes 
at the same time that somebody else goes. Yes. And the circle of life almost. It really is. Yeah. And and that is something that you see happen in families like as soon as a baby is born that a grandparent dies yeah. or something like that. And it's yeah. like, well, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, and I did, I, I did like that theme a lot. Um, yeah. For, I, what, for whatever that's worth. But. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, all right. Before we jump to like the William Julia stuff, let me read this quick quote again about Charlie. Like, you know, Sylvie is now dealing with her father's death. Um, and uh, she is, she is remembering now how um her basically her last real conversation with her father behind this store and she didn't realize like what he was saying at the time but then after his death she realizes i guess but um okay you're too young to really understand what that life is short but it is i didn't want to stop you when you were walking away from something that didn't matter to do something that did you and i are cut from the same cloth baby girl neither of us would expect school or work to fill us up we look out the window or into ourselves for something more he studied her you know that you're more than a librarian's aide and a college student, right? You're Sylvie, Sylvie Padovano. He said her name with delight as if she were a famous explorer or warrior. It's because you know that more is possible, that you'll always see the pointlessness in following a stupid rule or clocking in and out of a boring class. Mm-hmm. Most people can't see that, that distinction, so they just do as they're told. Of course, this makes them bored and irritated, but they think that's the human condition. You and I are lucky enough to see that it doesn't have to be that way. I kind of loved I, I yep. just loved that part. Like... Because it's so true. It, it reminds me very much because a, a lot of that has to do, you know, they're talking about their bookish ways and like there's they see the world through a different colored lens because of how well read they are and how like, you know, so it just like that kind of reminded me of me and you a little bit, yep. like talking about these things that we love and, you know. And it was it was one of the things that bonded them together. Yes. Is that I, Walt Whitman is mentioned throughout. Yes. That was one of her father's favorites. And- yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I lo- I love that little quote. Um, should we talk about my cocktail napkin that I have here? What is it? It's my Southwest cocktail napkin that I was taking notes on on you the plane. Did? Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> so you I had it shoved it? in. I think it was page seventy-seven. Okay. So it was, which doesn't okay. really have anything to do with. Okay. It's not the actual page, but that's where I was like, huh? Let me think about this. So I'm just gonna read you. This is exactly what I wrote down. Am I thinking it's quote unquote old because it's supposed to remind me of Little Women or Mm -hmm. does it actually seem old? So I was getting this sense that this was an older book, not as current. Right, right. And it does take place in like the start is like the 1960s, 70s, 80s. William is born in 1960. Right. Um, and then the next thing I wrote down is sister relationships that I don't know at all or understand because I got this very sense early on that I wasn't going to appreciate this book as much as somebody who had a sister um, because I didn't have that, that bond. relationship. I didn't yeah. have that cuddling in bed at night, whispering, yeah. telling stories, reading to each other. So there's that. And then I flipped it over and I wrote Alexander Hamilton and the sisters. Cause at some point when Sylvie and William were holding hands or talk, no, when they were on the bench talking on the bench and I was like, is this going to go that way where he's actually more in tune with a different sister yes. than the one he's actually married to? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, what's really funny about that, the Alexander Hamilton thing I, I read this a long time ago but it's like and it, it's so fucking true when it, there's a part in, in Hamilton when you know 
he does cheat on his wife, but it's not with not her, with si- sister. not with his sister. Sister, and you're like rooting the whole time, like fuck his, si- fuck her sister, yeah. fuck her yep. sister. And then when he fucks somebody else, you're like this Come motherfucker. On. What an but asshole! But he was definitely emotionally cheating on his sister or on his wife with his oh, sister yeah. the entire time. Oh yeah, hundred hundred percent. Um. So speaking of Sylvie and William, I do want to go back to. Well, should we talk about? God. Oh, no, no, I was like, I'm just, are, are we there yet where we need to talk about, like, what happens with William before we talk about William and Sylvie? Let me do this part first. Because sure. this okay. goes back to Sylvie's backstory. Okay. Or life. So page 31. Um, Sylvie told Julia she kissed boys to practice for her great love, and that was true. But she also did it because it was fun. She'd waited through her entire entire childhood scanning classrooms for her person her version of gilbert blythe from anne of green gables sylvie hadn't found him yet but she enjoyed the thrill that accompanied a boy taking her in his arms i and then wait let me just keep going because i had more into that uh i have no interest in dating sylvie said dating is about getting dressed up and pretending you're a pretty girl who thinks about nothing but marriage and babies i don't think about those things and it makes me sad to pretend to be something i'm not oh she propped herself up on her elbow so she could see her sister in the dim light. I thought of a metaphor today while I was shelving. Imagine that I'm a house and when I find my great love, I'll become the entire world. Our love will show me so much more than I'm able to see on my own. I originally flagged it. That's a beautiful quote. But. Because I fucking loved Anne of Green Gables when you I was did? growing up. Did you watch I those? I didn't. I didn't. <gasps> I never did. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with them. I never yeah. read the books, but I watched the freaking movies and the shows. I don't even know what it was, but it yeah. was, like, recorded on my VCR, and I watched it all the freaking time. Yeah. Um, but I loved that. I went back, when I was reading through my notes, I went back to see why I had flipped that up and remembered the Anna Green Gables part, and that I wanted to talk about that. And then I kept going, and I was like, ooh, I want to make sure I keep this part, the whole rest of it, too, because it explains her so well yes yes it really does and and the the hardest part for her is she realizes she starts to realize before the bench thing that she has these feelings for william i believe when she reads she read his manuscript yes yes that's right that's right so so julia like you said basically makes him uh, uh, read this or write this thing and then julia hassles him for years can i read it can i read it can i read it and she finally he finally lets her read it and she is fucking shocked by what she has written or read yeah because she she is she hated it but i think she hated it because of all of the uncertainty she saw in william and she is such a stoic certain it's gonna person. be this way it's gonna be this way and then he's like but what am i doing yeah why am i yes. here and she's like what the fuck yes like who who am i even like you know and so sylvie she asked sylvie to read it to see hey you're a book person can you just tell me if this is actually good or whatever? is this gonna go anywhere is this gonna go anywhere and she reads it and she doesn't pay attention to any of the basketball stuff what she's paying attention to is william and his footnotes his footnotes and the margin questions where it's just like who am i why am i doing this am i terrible yes. it should have been her own not me yes exactly um or should have been me and not her yes so backwards. yes and it's such a like it's such a sad and and um awful thing you know to read about i think like it's tough because the the sisters up till that point had seen william as you know this just affable guy who you know was taking care of their sister or you know is the sister taking care of him but whatever um so she starts to have these feelings for him and she's like i gotta move out of their house because she was previously staying with them she's like i can't be here anymore but one night they meet up and they're sitting on the bench and they're literally just both sitting on this bench because they can't face Julia at the moment. Yep. Like they just do not want to go 
to see Julia and they talk a little bit and she gets a little bit more into like his, his thoughts thoughts and and everything. And, you know, you can (laughs) feel the tension between them just by reading these Mm -hmm. words, feel like, Oh shit. Like this is like, they are end game. I think that's when I wrote the Alexander Hamilton part. Yes. Yeah. And, um, not long after that is when William, after the baby is born, right? So the baby is born. Then William decides, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not the person you want me to be or you're trying to make me to be. I'm done. I want nothing to do with this baby. I don't want to hold her. Yes. I don't want to look at her. Yes. I don't want to give her my sickness. He thinks that he's broken. He thinks that he's broken. So I flagged, um, <clears throat> I flagged the part where he has left He's left Julia. And Julia's kind of, she's, she almost seems like, it almost seems like Julia is in denial. She's kind of just like, I can't understand why he doesn't want to be here with us when, you know, she's basically forced him out, you know, whatever. She. He's not fitting my mold. And I don't know why he's not fitting my mold. He should be doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Exactly. So I just want to read this really quickly. Um, Okay. This is. August 1983 is the time of year. Um, He walked the city for most of the night and then returned to the shore of the lake. It was still dark out. No one was around and even the air was motionless as he waded into the water. No bird song, no traffic noise behind him, no human voices. It felt like the world had paused. William had to walk for a long time before the water was deep enough to go over his head. He hadn't thought to bring any weighted objects. He'd stopped thinking hours earlier. William contained only a yearning for water, for darkness, for quiet. He wanted to sink, but his giant body kept trying to float. Even after a long time in the water, when he was pretty out of it, his feet would shoot sideways and he would be on his back as buoyant as any boat, staring up at the sun. He was no longer a person with a name and a history at that point. He was a cork bobbing in liquid, and he could only note the soft, pruned feeling of his hands, the sun burning his face, the water making its way into his eyes and ears. He was sleeping or unconscious when there was a roaring noise and voices and hands tugging at him. He couldn't open his eyes to see what was happening. He listened, heard Kent call his name after a time, but only because he had no choice. When he woke up in the hospital, dry and saw Sylvia on a chair next to him, his first thought was that he'd failed. The fact that he had failed meant he had to continue to walk forward with his life history, his mistakes slung over his shoulders like a heavy backpack. This fact exhausted him, but he was too tired to reject it. Um, I read that and like to me that was that these were some of the most beautiful words that I've ever written on the subject of suicide. Mm-hmm. And um it's almost like it's almost very much like you don't even realize it at, as it's happening, like what's what he's tr- doing and trying to do. And it and the fact that like all he wanted was quiet. All he wanted was for things to stop, to not feel this way anymore, to not be a burden on people anymore. Um, it just makes me think, you know, and, you know, I think I flagged a little bit more. It's basically the same stuff, but they're talking about. Why would he do this? Why would he do this to me? Why would he do this to us? Why would he do Why this would to me? Why would he give up on us? Yeah. Yes. And this goes back so many times. We People think that suicide is... We've talked about this on a different podcast. Yep. We, people think that suicide is the most selfish thing that they, someone can do. When in all reality, all they want is to... Remove the remove burden themselves. From everybody else. Exactly. Exactly. They think that they're a burden on everyone around them and they don't want to do that to them anymore he was terrified that he was going to ruin his daughter's life he was going to snuff out her light yes exactly and he, o- his darkness was going to take he over didn't her. want to do that and um i just thought like 
it made me it made me a it made me hate julia even more Mm -hmm. and b it made me love william more and just want to see him succeed and it like how difficult his life was going to be he wasn't successful in that yes huge yes yes and that is where you know him and sylvie like Julia is just like, nope, I don't want anything to fucking do with it. He's giving, so William decides to give up his rights as a parent. And um, she says, I don't want to, I'm not going to go visit. Um, We're done. And then she ends up moving to fucking New York. That was a little bit after, but not too far after that. Um, But I think that as overbearing of a person as Rose was, the fact that she wasn't ready for Julia to give up on William and was like, you need to go to the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. he's your husband. He's your baby's father. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Yes. And she was like, no, he left. I'm done. Yeah. Um. Okay, bitch. Yeah. She was just a horrible, horrible person. I, she has a little bit of a redemption towards the end. We'll discuss it when we get there. But she's just awful. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know that, like, what she does towards the end is really redeeming her at all. I mean, she's done... She's done shitty fucking things her entire life. I will say I did appreciate the one thing I I did enjoy about Julia was after she had Alice and she's talking about how much of an animal instinct it has to all of a sudden have this baby Mm -hmm. and this is who I am going to take care of. And this is it's woken this other side of me that I I, it's never been there because I was always supposed to be the housewife and I was supposed to be this. And I but I don't want to be that. I want to be that rocket that my dad saw me to be and i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna ride that rocket i'm gonna go to new york city with my professor who i was fucking thousand percent positive they were gonna fuck and that he was gonna be like that and i was like all right (laughs) (laughs) but i i i that was like the small glimmer of julia that i did like is that she did take control of that part of her life she did and she did a very good job taking care of her daughter and raising her daughter Ah. But she, debatably, yes, she really fucked it up in ways too. Yeah, but Alice turns out to be a wonderful human being, who you know, in her own way, has doubts about herself too. Yeah, and but she's still like loved by Julia. So I think Julia starts to realize, like, okay, you know, I can, I can't shape these people all the time into what I want them to be. Like, I just, I think that's towards the end is when she starts realizing, you know, I fucked up. I should not, Mm -hmm. like, this is, I really fucked up. And, like, that's great that you decide, but I don't think it really totally, like, I don't think it totally erases all the shit that you put everybody through for 30 years. No. You know? Not even the slightest, especially when you're living in New York City and you've become this island in this group, in in the largest city in the world, and you'll let your daughter go visit your mother down in Florida. in Florida. Yeah. But that's because she's already down in Florida and yeah. she's not in Chicago with all the other family. She doesn't want her to see her sisters. Yeah. I don't understand really the separation that she had between um, her and Sylvie. I, I don't want to say I can understand it, but I can sympathize with that a little bit. And, yeah. and it, that made sense to me. But the fact that she completely cut off the twins and the, she didn't want the twins to come and she didn't let her daughter know her two aunts or her cousin. Like, I, I didn't, I couldn't understand that at all. No, I, I couldn't either. You, it's it's not, 
something that you can wrap your mind around. Like It's not like you were in India and they were in Chicago. Right. It's like a 20 however long flight that it would right. be. And, you know, all and these not like, that you have to jump through. It was it's it's like an hour and a half. Flight. Yeah. And it's not like phones don't exist. <laughs> right. And and postcards don't exist. And like that kind of shit. The fact like, that she wouldn't even share the postcards with her daughter. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. No pictures. She had hidden pictures all mm-hmm. away. Like she just could know nothing about these women. And I listen, I get it. Like Julia felt very betrayed by Sylvie and William. But let's be honest, Julia was never in love with William in the first no, place. No, she was in love with the concept of him. Yes, she was in love with the idea of ha- getting married and having a family. And having a professor or a PhD and yes. being this and doing these together. Yeah. And She and... thought her life was supposed to go a certain way and it did not work out the way that she wanted and it to. And then she pouted for 30 years. Yes, yes, precisely, precisely. And um, it just, it sucks. It sucks so badly that like she I, I love that she got to see her sister again but like they could have had so much more time yes so much more time you wasted so much time and that's your fault and nobody else's mm-hmm. ugh ugh anyway um wait why was it okay what did I do here? so I'm gonna take a real quick lighthearted before we get too far yeah. past okay. page 137 oh, okay yes so I wasn't even remotely going to mention um, Alice in Wonderland because her daughter's name is Alice, and that was really obvious to me. And then I got to page 137, and um, this is actually right in line with what we're talking about. Julia had wanted to marry a college professor. She'd had secret aspirations for William that he would be a college president in his later career or perhaps even run for public office. Dot, 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 dot. A college professor still seemed possible, though, and even inevitable. Julia had sat in on one of William's classes during the spring, and at the end he'd said nicely that the sight of her grinning like a Cheshire cat at the back of the room had made it hard for him to concentrate. <laughs> and I was like, there it is! <laughs> there it had is! Had to come in somewhere. Had to come yep. in somewhere. I never flag them because I know that you're yeah, going I'm gonna, to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not yeah. even, like, it's not I, even I bothersome. This. Yeah, yeah. It's your thing. I know. Yep. I'm not going for it. Um, so I do want to, like... What's your next page? I'm at 203. Okay, my next one's 302. Go. Okay, so I'm at the next thing. This is, you know, um, I think William is still in the hospital. He's about to leave the hospital. This is where, like, Sylvie, you know, finally asks him something. So um, she heard herself say... So she's telling him, she had just told him that, you know, I told a lie when we first came to the hospital. They wouldn't let me in unless I told them that I was your wife. And, you know, I held your hand all the way through the 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 ambulance and everything. And she says, um, she heard herself say, can I hold your hand again for one second? William crossed the room to stand in front of her. He held his hand out, palm facing up. His skin was soft and warm, so different from that day. A wave of feelings ran through Sylvie. A radio dial spun inside her, the volume loud. I love you, she thought. And the words, impossible now to deny, brought her both desolation and deep joy. William was her one. He was her heart. He had changed all the molecules inside her. Sylvie had known love would come for her with the force of a, su- of a tsunami. She dreamed of this ever since she was a little girl, and her dream had actually come true. But she hadn't known her love would be impossible, a dead end, unspeakable, because he had been married to her sister. Yep. Like, so... So well. So, so well written. It is so well written. Just, A, again, beautiful, beautiful words. Like, to to... To convey something that you know is not a is not a simple thing to convey, you know what I mean. But it, it's so it's so right. Like when you know, you know, and it's just like she 
she had an inkling and then he just they touch and she was like, like there's the sparks. yes it exactly so i thought it was beautiful and i loved this part she thought i'm in so much trouble the thought made her laugh yep. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I i i think that that was very cute i really loved that um what do i have on 285 let me see because i have it written down as 285 and 290 the 290 thing um we're getting to the point now where we're finding out that, you know, something is going on with Sylvie. Um, let's see. So I'm at 290. The specialist, a man who spoke at a fast clip, presumably because he was in so in so much demand and therefore had so little time, told her that there was a tumor in her brain. Sylvie nodded in response to be polite. He called about the look. He talked about the location of the tumor and the size. He used the word terminal. And that just reminded me of Lenny and Margot yep. and terminal. Um, Sylvie nodded again, listened some more and then left his office. The building she exited was near Northwestern and she decided to walk home. She didn't pay any attention to her direction. She knew that uh, that like a homing pigeon, her body would take itself to pill. Wilson. Um, I only flagged that really for the um, for the terminal because mm-hmm. I was just it made me think of Lenny yeah. Margo again. It's and like, probably right around there when I texted you last night, or mm, I was I was further than that. But I need a book that's not going to make me sad and cry and people yeah. dying in it. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, let's see. There was one lighthearted. Why did I read? Why did I? I wonder why. Okay, so and now Alice and her best friend Carrie are talking. So Alice is Julia's daughter. Um, and Carrie says to Julia, I like your mom a lot, Carrie had said, but anyone that dresses and does their hair as carefully as your mom does every single day is unhappy on the inside. She's trying to hide all her messiness and I want better than that for you. Yes. And she's so fucking right. Yeah. She's so right. And that's kind of like, it kind of, I look at myself sometimes and I'm just like, I look, listen, like I know I love to like have myself be put together, but there are days when I'm like, look at me right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like whatever. So, um, but she's right. Like anybody who takes that time constantly, who is, can't is hiding. Yes, is, is not happy. Can't leave the house without putting on makeup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're not. You're hiding something. And um, but you have put on this this uh mask for like your entire life. And like people see through it though. Yeah, people see through it. So um, yeah, I like. What that. page was that? That was two eighty five and two ninety. Okay. Um, so my next thing is page 302 and this goes to, um, so William takes it upon himself to call his ex-wife and let her know that Sylvia is dying. Sylvia is dying. And I love that he did that. Yes. I, I love that he. After 25 years of not speaking at all. And having no contact, Sylvie had no contact, nobody had contact to just realize that his wife needed her sister mm-hmm. that she used to cuddle on the sleep on the couch mm-hmm. with. Um, and, and he took it upon himself. Like he, he knew. He's like, I can try to feed you. I can try to do this. I can try to do yes, that. But this is what but you this need. is what you need. And like, I, you just reminded me of the fact that like sometimes they would sleep on the couch together, and he would come out, and he couldn't see the difference between them. Like, they would just meld. They would together. just meld together. Like they are two peas in a pod. They yep. are one person. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. So uh, Alice is talking with Julia and says, oh, I'm copy editing a novel. I told Naveen that I don't like doing novels. I prefer nonfiction. But he said fiction is good for me. What's it about? It's a modern take on Little Women. Did you read that when you were a kid? Little Women? Julia's body felt like it was filled with wet, prickly sand. She managed to make a noise of ascent. She remembered lying in bed next to Sylvie in the dark in their small room on 18th place. She'd fall asleep She'd fallen asleep to the sound of her sister's voice countless times. In their beds, they kept returning to the same argument, which of them was better suited to be Joe March. 
I have Joe's spunk and determination, Julia had said, but I'm going to be a writer, Sylvie said, and I'm the one who could tell our stories. Joe runs a feminist publishing company in New York, Alice said. Meg marries, Meg still marries for love. Amy is a hellraiser, and Lori is a, and Lori is a woman they're all in love with. Julia said, does Beth still die? Beth dies, Alice said. It's very sad. And just like that, the two little girls in their beds on 18th place were silenced. The child inside Julia lay wide-eyed in the dark, knowing that she was Joe, but only because Sylvie was Beth. Yeah. And I was, I liked the fact that she brought a modern take on little woman into this book that is a modern take on little women. So can I ask you a question? Um, You just reminded me, I didn't flag that, but now that you, you did, I'm glad you did. Um, I literally flagged something on page 304. Um, Were, did you think at any point that, holy shit, what if she is editing the book that Sylvie was writing about the sisters? I was like, oh my God, could you, that would be an awesome freaking like turn of events, but it didn't turn out to be that. I was really hoping that that was what I was, was, I actually thought that that was in that part was going to be that. And then towards the end, I was like, is this book the book of Uh stories for Sylvia? Like, Mm -hmm. hello, beautiful. Is that book of stories, which it very well could have been too, except it had William's stories in there too. Right, much, right. But. Um, so I flagged page 304. Um, and this is kind of where uh, Sylvie is like, you know, coming to terms with the fact that she's going to die. She's she's going to die and she knows it. Um, is it about ice cream and donuts? <clears throat> no, it's before that. <laughs> no, or after that. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> Sylvie couldn't help but wonder what her own death might bring. What one-two uh, one punch would she deliver? Um this is, this is again yep, because after theme. she had mentioned, you know, Charlie died, Izzy mm-hmm. was born and Charlie died. So Sylvie couldn't help but wonder what her own death might bring. What one two punch would she deliver? No one in her family was pregnant. Her sisters were too old, and Izzy was nowhere near motherhood, though she had a nice boyfriend who liked to watch her play chess and who managed the accounts for her tutoring business. Cecilia teased Izzy that he was more like an assistant than a boyfriend. Works for me, Izzy had said with a shrug. The sex is great. <laughs> Perhaps Alice is pregnant, Sylvie thought, then shook her head in self recommendation. She knew nothing of Alice's life. It was none of her business and couldn't possibly have anything to do with Sylvie's life or death. And I fucking, I, I flagged this and loved this because of how wrong she ends up being. Mm-hmm. Her one-two punch is that she brings them back together. It's going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> like, Alice has everything to do with it in this, in this sense. Like, she's saying, you know, I have nothing to do with Alice. But her death brings Alice back back to them. Alice doesn't know about her death until she gets there. But because of it, she's brought to the home. She finally meets her father. And I love that Sylvie was wrong. Not, you know, she's like, I'm not going to bring a one-two mm-hmm. punch to my family. Like, who's going to, you know, whatever. So um, I love that part. I think that totally made me cry too, obviously. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that we did mention this earlier, but the 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 other one two punch um, that we haven't mentioned was the day that Rose decides that she's going to move to Florida ends up being the same day that Julia goes into labor with Alice. Right. Yes. So that was the third. Yes. So Sylvie's death, the same day that she dies, Alice yes. shows up in their house. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um. That was so when Alice does show up and she goes to she goes to wait for for William at his job. Um, you don't know yet that Sylvie has died, but like it weighs heavy, like it immediately yes. when he has is not, when showing, he's not up, showing up. That my like, immediate thought was like, Fuck. yeah, yeah, she, she's dead and like we're not getting any more fanfare about it. And that's it. Yeah. Like and that 
really struck me because a I think Sylvie was my favorite character in the book Absolutely. by far. So like I I hated that she had to be the one to go, but I love that her, again like her death is the one that brought them all together. I thought it might be Alice at one point in time that Alice was going to die and that was going to yeah. make Julia fucking realize her how shitty her life had become yeah. and go back yeah. to her sister. Well, I like that it wasn't like that because then William gets to meet her finally. Yes. But yeah, but I thought it was going that way of tragedy that there was going to be somebody that didn't get to meet each other and it turned out yeah. that it was Alice not getting to meet Sylvia. Where where are you now? I'm on page three twenty eight. Okay, so this is the conversation that Julia is having with Alice. Alice. So uh, when, when, she finally Alice, tells her. when Alice was five, Julia had told her that her father died in a car accident. And a few years later, Alice had gone on to write a report in school all about car accidents and how <laughs> tragedy they had, tra- how much of a tragedy they were with pictures of car crashes. And I was like, I adored that fact of, yeah. of a child took this piece of information that you wrongly felt fed uh-huh. her. And did her research to understand how this could affect things. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're living in New York City, so they're hardly riding in cars and just be like, don't ride in cars, they're yeah. dangerous. And I mean, granted, they really are, you die in a car crash more likely than a plane. Uh, but yeah, whatever. I think uh, cars, car, we put so much trust in other people driving. That's the problem. So much trust. That's the problem. <laughs> so um, they went to go to dinner. And speaking of the part where you had read about um, Carrie, is that her friend? Yes. Okay. About how Julia's always made up. She Alice meets her mom for dinner and she's like, why do you have so much perfume? And then she's like, you have too much lipstick on. So she has like doubled up on yes. doing herself up. Julia says, my sister Sylvie is dying, Julia said. Alice's attention snapped back to the present. Dying? She remembered the photographs that she'd found in her mother's bedside table years earlier. The four sisters with curly hair. I'm sorry, she said. Sylvie is the one closest to you in age, right? When I was pregnant with you, I sometimes slept with Sylvie on a couch. We shared a bedroom when we were children. We used to be very close. Alice tried to imagine her mother as a little girl, sharing a bedroom with another little girl. Julia had just spoken more about her childhood in 90 seconds than she had in the entirety of Alice's life. Alice felt an uncertainty inside herself, as if furniture was being shoved into an empty room. She said, will you go back to Chicago to see her? Julia made a strange face, as if she were fighting cheers or maybe a smile. No, she said. She pushed out her hair lightly and said, Sylvie is married to your father. Sylvie is married to your father. Alice ran the sentence through her head, but there were too many errors for a copy editor to fix. The structure buckled under its own weight. She tried a tense change. Sylvie was married to my father? Julia shook her head. The inside of Alice echoed cave-like. You're not making sense, Mom. Your father was the one who called to tell me Sylvie is sick, but my father is dead. I told you that because he gave up his parental rights to you while you were still a baby. He had mental health issues, and I think he didn't feel capable of being a father. But I didn't want you to feel rejected or feel like it had anything to do with you because it didn't. Wait. Julia waited. Alice wanted clarity. She wanted to make sure she understood the mechanics of what was being said. You're saying that my father gave me up, and because of that, you told me he was dead? And I... I might have gotten close to crying at that part. Yeah. I can't imagine this woman who has grown up with one relation, essentially, in her entire life. No boyfriends either, ever. No boyfriends, no aunts, barely knew, saw her grandma. She had this best friend and her mom, and that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden being told, oh yeah, he's still alive. And it just felt very clumsy on Julia's part that this was how she was telling her Mm -hmm. in a restaurant. Yeah. Like, that's like the classic breakup thing is you do it over food because nobody's going to freak out in a restaurant. Right. She's going to get up and walk out. She did. Yes. Um, her whole world just flipped upside down and it's everything she's ever been told 
was wrong. Yeah, and I love that instead of, like, you know, instead of, like, forgiving her mom very quickly, she fu- she goes to Carrie and her friend Rowan, 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 Rowan. Um, she goes to him and like they're like, You gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta go to this, Chicago. Now is the time for you to yes. be your own person. Yes. Step out from underneath your exactly. mother's shadow. I mean, you're twenty five years old, you can travel by yourself, do it, you yep. know? Um, and I love thank goodness she had those people in her life that could like logic that out with her because like her mother is just a psycho, you know. I mean she like it wasn't mentioned, but I wonder if she pooped on the plane. I wonder if she did too. I wonder if she did too. <laughs> Um, I need to go. I'm at 364. That's the page I. I wonder that's if you're flagging cra- the yeah, exact that, same thing. That, okay. Yes. Okay. That's when. I, that's what finally got me. Yeah. All right. So page 364. I absolutely love this. I mm-hmm. love this quote. They stopped at a coffee shop on the way to the super duplex, and Gus and Washington met them there. They patted William on the back, but didn't say anything except hello. When they were closer to the twins' house, Arish climbed out of a nearby cab. It was a mild November day. The men all wore coats, but left them unzipped. William was unaware of the temperature or the bright sky overhead. He took in his friend's presence with a nod. Kent had clearly summoned these men so William could be part of a team on a day when he was no longer part of a marriage. Sylvie would have loved that Kent had done that. William thought... <laughs> sorry. Nope. William thought... Got me. While the men took long strides together, down the sidewalk um yeah i i absolutely loved that like this man had always been a part of a team and then yes um part of a different kind of team with his with his wife and and marriage they never had kids nothing like that but um i thought that was beautiful because these men had all been together and friendly since college you mm-hmm. know and um they were know. who sylvia had gone looking for william for yes. the night that he had walked into the lake yes exactly so they were with him through his worst times and you know this is another worst time for him um it's so it's hard because like will they're all very very worried that william is going to backslide like he spent 25 years on a regimen of um medications and with the person that he loves and with a psychiatrist and they're all they want to be around him because they're worried that he's gonna fall that he's gonna fall again and sylvie actually had gone to kent um, he's a doctor. Yes. A sports doctor. Yes. But yeah. everybody goes to him for yes. everything. And um, once he confirmed that her diagnosis was actually terminal and it was it wasn't it wasn't wrong, um, she basically says to him, I'm gonna need you to be there for him. Yeah. <laughs> I only have one thing left. It's on page three seventy one. Okay. And it actually is about Kent. Okay. I loved Kent. Yep. <laughs> We didn't talk he about him, seemed, but I loved he him. He just seemed like this big, giant, hulking, soft. Yes. Like, yeah. like super strong, but also very, very... Very kind. kind very and vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is on page 371. When an old person dies, Kent said, even if that person is wonderful, he or she is still somewhat ready, and so are the people who love them. They're like old trees whose roots have loosened in the ground. They fall gently. But when someone like your Aunt Sylvie dies, before her time, her roots get pulled out and the ground is ripped up. Everyone nearby is in danger of being knocked over. Mm-hmm. Another beautiful string of words about something so awful and horrible. Like, yep. yeah. Um, I don't have anything else flagged. I just I just want to briefly talk about... Um, maybe we should read a little bit. Um, of Alice of and Allison William. and William. Um, so, you know, the whole time they're kind of... William is outside because he can't stand to be inside and he's he's nervous about, you know, Alice being there and Alice is just kind of 
she's kind of quiet. She's like, you know, she's learning a little bit about her, her mom and her sisters and, uh, you know, kind of just like taking it all in a little bit, but she finally decides. Super bonded with her cousin immediately, which I love. Yes, I know. Like immediately Izzy pulled her into yeah. a hug, like, like they'd always been or whatever. Lizzie um, was, Izzy might've been one of my other favorite characters. Yes. Um, so I do like, I feel like we always, we always have to end. Like I liked reading the last passage of the yeah. last passages of the books. But um, so I won't read the whole thing, but, you know, William is sitting outside and he's hearing sounds of laughter on the inside. And he's he's you know, it's comforting him because, you know, they're all talking about the person that he loved the most in the world. And um, he said, William, it says, William looked forward to hearing these stories repeated in the days ahead. He knew his wife would not be forgotten or set aside. The Padovanos talked about Charlie as if he were still part of their lives, still part of themselves. And because of that, he was. There was a mural of Sylvie on the side of a building not far from the library and framed paintings of her all over the twins' houses. From a distance, because of her height and posture, Cecilia looked like uh, uh, Sylvie. Emmeline shared her older sister's thoughtful eyes, and Julia somehow contained Sylvie. Like vines of roses, the two eldest Padovano girls had woven around and into each other when they were young. William said... For a long time, Sylvie knew me better than I knew myself. I think sometimes. Uh, now it was his turn to pause. We need another pair of eyes. We need the people around us. Alice turned her face upward as if to study the night sky, as if she required a different vantage point to sort through what was inside her. William had written a series of questions in the footnotes of his manuscript a long time ago. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Who am I? He could sense those questions deep inside his daughter now. She was not broken like he had been. Julia had seen to that. Fuck, I'm sorry. But Alice was taking tentative steps into onto a new terrain, wondering if the ice could bear her weight. I know you can do this on your own, he said, but if you'll allow me, I'd like to help. I love that that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. I love that that's how it ends. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious, Katie, like, if our discussion on this book made you change your thoughts about it in any way. I, I liked it. I really did like the book. I liked the story. I just... It didn't suck me in and make me fly through the book. Yeah. And that's that's really where my tentativeness about it comes from. And I don't – I'm just going to keep saying that I think that if I had a sister relationship and it could would have felt that, yeah. that I would have bonded more to the book. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about Cecilia's paintings and how they're all over this. And it's just all these women, including the, the saints and – that whole interwoven story I adored because I could yeah. almost I could visualize like yes, these giant same. murals on the side yes. of the building and and there was this one beautiful the point. permanency of yes them. yes exactly and there was this one beautiful point when you know William found the picture of his sister that was always in his parents' house and he brought it to Cecilia and he said this is my sister her? can you paint her please and then she painted her into the same mural that his his daughter picture of yes Alice was, uh, yes like yeah and I, th- I think she aged her up to be about the same age as alice so they were like mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. you know um so i don't know i i really i think talking about it i do recognize that i think i liked the book more than i thought i did you yeah. know i mean i really really enjoyed this book it's just um there's so many little things in it that like are just just it's just a beautifully beautifully written book that's all i can say about it so anyway what shall we go to the epilogue are we, we done shall. all right the epilogue. um okay katie so we are reading a book that you chose next i believe yes the so people, people we meet on, meet on vacation? vacation yes 
uh, by Emily Henry. Uh, do we have? Do we? Why we? Why you picked this one? Or is it? Just... Um, it's just one of those books that's crossed my plate numerous times, yeah. and then I think it looks that, cute. Yeah, yeah it it's looks like fun. just an easy like let's clear palette yes. from all these this death. And yes, tears. yes, exactly, um, exactly. And I had. I think at some point I was buying books on one of the used websites and I think it was Better World Books and that was like a coupon for like three if you buy three books you get a discount gotcha. and I had only bought there was only like two available from our list and I was like, "Well, let me see what else is there." And it just happened to be there and I was like, "I'm going to get That's that one." one. Yeah. yeah. So I had it and then also um we had a story when we had gone on a cruise, Luke and I, um, when Adam was two, we had gone by ourselves and we met this couple. And this is the couple that lives in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. And when we had gone to visit them last fall to go see um, a Packers game, I actually brought a book and I gave it to staff. I'm like, you have to read this book because one of the things that she had commented on when we first met and we we're actually like hanging out with them is that she was very off put because the book that I was reading when we were first on the cruise, like before we had actually talked to them. Um, and it was called people I would punch in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) So she like, that was one of the first things she said to me. She's like, I thought you were scary. And I'm like, no, not scary. That's so funny. So I brought her a book specifically and it's people we made on vacation. So I'm excited to read that. I'm excited to read it too. I think it'll be, it's going to be a a welcome change from like things like, I'm not saying that, you know, whatever, but like the crying and stuff like that, it does take a lot out of you for a little while. And there should be some good sex in there. I think I would think so. so. I would think so. It's gotta be a romance. Um, so that's fine. So, I mean, follow us on our socials and uh you can find us on apple and spotify to be red pod um and i think that's all i have to say on that matter so yes. why don't you let's go to let's go get in the hot tub oh yes yes we are <laughs> we're, gonna get in the hot tub. we're gonna we're gonna do a soap um so please join us next time when we make it to be red pile one book shorter bye everybody bye to be red is hosted by sarah westcott and katie willie produced edited and mixed by chris turrow logo concept art by rhiannon kenfield graphic design by steve pius Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa.